morning. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back here again with you guys today, uh, just to share a little bit more about our time in Chad and just uh, about God's heart for his people across the world. Um, if you don't know me, my name is David Narverson. I'm here with my wife, Sonia, and our four children. Um, we are missionaries to the Full Bay people in Chad, Africa, um, sent by you guys, the church. And so we are uh, just, it's a joy to be here. If you haven't had a chance to go back in the fellowship hall today, I mean, it almost felt like coming back to Chad. I told Pastor Kirk if, you know, just a few truckloads of sand and you guys would have had it on the spot, but it's been hard to get that out of the carpet, I think, so. Um, but yeah, it's just a blessing to be here and just to see all the work that has gone into this uh, VBS program. I remember emailing a couple years back, um, getting emails from Dory and other people and just being able to take video and spend time with the community there just to uh, just be able to better show you guys chat and what it's like there. And so uh, it's really it's a blessing for us. We're going to just kind of continue your summer in the Psalms. We're going to be um, speaking from Psalm 33 today. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can open to Psalm 33. I'll be reading from verse 1 through 12. <clears throat> so, starting in verse 1. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all of the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. When I first read this psalm, what really speaks to me here is the creation. The creation of God. And he, it's surrounded by the word and how he speaks and also his unfailing love. Uh, you know, it says, that that's what it says in verse 4. You know, for the word of the Lord is right and true. His, he is faithful in all that he does. Excuse me, verse 5. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. And in that unfailing love, he created. He created the stars. I don't know how well you can see this, but the stars in Chad are amazing. I took this picture with my phone in Chad. It is absolutely amazing how beautiful the stars can be when you sit and you look at them and just, just relish in their beauty. I was uh, called one late one evening 
to a house of a woman who was pregnant, and she wasn't doing well, and in fact, I actually thought she was dead when I first got there. And her dad says, I want to take her to the hospital in Buso, which was a 45-minute car ride away. And so we, I said, yeah, well, let's go. So we threw her, put her in the car and all her family, because all her family takes care of her and Chad at the hospital. So we went down, and we went to the hospital. By the time we got there, it was night. And so they just spread out mats for you outside, because really the only room is like the patient room. And so we're all sitting outside uh, for the doctors to come and look at her. And, and I just, you look up. And you just see the stars. Wow. That's amazing. And you just feel so little when you just sit and you look at the stars and know that God with his word just made that to be. Psalm 8, who am I to be here on this earth? You know, who am I? But God did this for us because this is part of his unfailing love was to create that for us, to show us who he was. And then he has these waters. You know, we have dams to regulate rivers and stuff here. Chad doesn't have a dam on their one major river, the Sharia. This is right near our house. This time of year, it's just the beginning of rainy season. The river is at its very lowest because even when the first rains come, it's so dry. I mean, we haven't seen a cloud since like October that when the first rains come, I mean, it just, the ground just soaks it all up. And so this time of year, the Shari River that you see in the picture here, you can walk across with maybe getting water a little above your knees in certain spots. You can walk right across it. But come August and September, into September, the river has grown tremendously. And where does, I mean, where does all that water come from? It takes me by canoe, if I hire a guy, it takes him an hour to push-pull me and paddle me across the river that I could have walked across three months prior. It's huge. It's like two miles wide. The water, God stores that water somewhere, and then in May, June, it starts coming. The immensity of that. I mean, and this is, this is the only waters these people really know. I, one day, um, we were getting ready to come back here for America, to America for our home assignment now, and they're like, well, well, how are you getting there? Yada, yada, yada. And so I'm like, well, I'm taking this plane to Ethiopia that's going to stop in Dublin, that's going to go to Chicago, that's going to go to Minneapolis, and they're just like, they had no idea what we're talking about. And I, oh, yeah, I got this, this blow-up globe in my house. So I ran and got it and brought it back, and I st- sat on mat with men, like middle-aged men, for three hours looking at a globe. Where's this? China. Okay, show China. Where's Saudi Arabia? Show Saudi Arabia. Israel. Like, they want to know where everything was. Where's Brazil? Because they're all soccer fans. Where's America? Canada. All this stuff. And then, but the biggest thing was, and all that blue is really water? Yeah. And then they, they see guys coming down, come, come, come look at this, come look at this, look at this globe, and they're like, and all that's water. The immensity of the creation of God and his unfailing love for us. So how do we respond to this? How do we respond to creation and all that God has done? It continues on in verse, in verse 8. It says, let all the, let, in verse 8, let all of the earth fear the Lord. 
Let all the people of the world revere him. Let all of the people fear the Lord. All of the earth fear the Lord. Let all of the people of the world revere him. God wants all the people of this world to know him. His, his missionary heart didn't start with Jesus and the Great Commission. It started from the very creation of this world that he wants all of humankind to know him and to love him and to fear him. From the very beginning. Sometimes we often think, you know, Israel, you know, God had Israel and that was, that they were, they are his chosen people. But his chosen people, God had a plan for them to tell the whole world about his wonders and his grace. And just like us, they failed quite often at that. Um, think of Jonah. You know, Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh. He, he went, he fought the whole way, but Jonah went to Nineveh because God wants the world to know who God is. He wants them to know and just be able to worship him and just look at creation and say, wow, how amazing are you, God? And so from the very beginning, God has always been planning that the world should know him. He created this earth so that the world should know him. And just as, as he spoke and it came to be, he continues to use his word. God as creator, God as creator has not stopped. God as creator has not stopped. He wants us to know, he wants these people, all of these people to know him and to love him. And so he continues to create. He creates in us every day, right? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us this day our daily bread. So that daily he can create in us what we need for our bodies and also what we need for our souls. He renews our spirits constantly, right? The plans of the Lord in this world do not fail. Things in this world fail, like this home. In Chad, we see a lot of things that don't last. Even this building here will not last. But God in his goodness has made a plan that will not stop, that will continue on and move forward. And so just as he spoke in creation and it came to be, he has given us, through Jesus Christ, the word. Right? He has given us the word so that we can proclaim it and continue to give it to all of creation. And what is and one, of, one of the most profound mysteries that God has done, he uses people like us, who sometimes look like this building back here, just broken and completely decimated, to show the world how he loves them. I mean, we think of, Peter, think of, think of Jesus and Peter, and Jesus asked Peter, who do you think I am? And he said, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, on this rock, I will build this church. Sometimes, you know, we kind of get the feeling when he's talking about Peter. But Peter looks like this, right? When the time for crucifixion, cruci the cruci Jesus was crucified on the cross, Peter looked like this, a broken down building. But the proclamation of Jesus as Lord, as Jesus as the Savior and forgiveness of our sins, of our Messiah, that rock never fails. 
And so we continue to proclaim, and God's worth continues to go out into this world so that those who don't know him can love him. It was a stark difference moving from the picturesque French Alps surrounded by magnificent beauty to Chad. My cobblestone walks during language school were turned into dry, dusted roads surrounded by animals grazing on garbage. It wasn't easy, and oftentimes I found myself praying that God would show me his beauty. God, in his love, provided a retreat for me to go to back in France to attend a women's conference on Anne Voss' camp. She was a speaker, and she spoke on her book of brokenness. In the capital, and even in the village, we live behind walls and a gate. And in her book, she writes, We all could be the ones outside the gate. The one born into a slum, into starvation, into lives of Christless desperation. The reason you are inside the gate for such a time as this is to risk your life for those outside the gate, for those oppressed people over there, outside the gate. You are where you are to help others where they are. It's hard to go outside the gate. We all have gates. After returning from the conference on brokenness, I literally became physically broken and broke my wrist. I then flew back to France for surgery, and during the process, I was stripped away of my normal coping. This is my dominant hand. It was hard. I couldn't cook, couldn't write my prayers out. I couldn't even play the piano and worship the Lord. And again, God brought me in his unfailing love to scripture to dwell on who he is. Just like Dave spoke about in the beginning of this psalm, in the beginning he talks about God as creator. What a God we serve. It continues on in the psalm, reading in verse 13. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance, despite all its great strength. It cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. We see here that God looks down at all. He watches all. And not only that, he forms all of our hearts. He is a God that wants to be known And he wants relationship. What a loving God. Verse 
verses 16 to 17 go on and talk about a king who isn't saved by the size of his army and no warrior escapes by his strength. And honestly, when I really went and looked at these verses and thought about it, I thought, well, they don't really make sense. Because when we think about a king, don't we want to be with the one with the good army and the big army? Don't we look for a great warrior with great strength? But God says it cannot save. The things of God don't always make sense. The way he works doesn't make sense. Sometimes we try to be Jesus or ask, what would Jesus do? But do we really know what he would do? But we have access to actually ask him what to do. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to spend time trying to think, well, what would Jesus do? We can ask him, God, show me what to do because he's in us. Hamja was the first malnourished baby I met in our village. I began to make bottles and feed him daily, and he would suck down the milk. His mom knew that something wasn't right. She loved and she cared for him. It was draining sometimes making bottles for him every day, and one day I was exhausted and I didn't bring him his bottle. The next day I found out that during the night he died. The one day... I didn't bring a bottle. You see, it's, thing, it's easy to put our hope in our deeds. Think this milk was going to save him. It's easy to put our hope in tangible things, but God works in ways we can't see and ways I may not ever know about until eternity. And so we put our hope in him. Hamja led to a few other infants. This is baby Abbas and baby Abdullah and baby Asama'u that all are malnourished that I was blessed to care for. And I pray the blessing over them whenever I feed them, whenever I bring them food. But I'm hit again with my, my works can't save. We're limited. The verses continue on um, in verses 18 and 19. But the eyes are of the Lord are on those who fear him, are on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. You see, God sees all, he watches all, he forms all of our hearts. We're met with this inability to understand his ways. We try to figure them out. But he delivers us from death. He makes the unthinkable possible. And he keeps us alive in famine. He doesn't take away the famine. But he keeps us alive in it. He provides for us. He nourishes us. He gives us hope. Christ is that hope. Colossians 1.27 To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Again, like I was stripped away of my ways of coping when I broke my wrist, I was also stripped away with my ability to speak language. It takes a while to learn a language, especially when it's your third one. You're a homeschooling mom and you're adapting to a, a totally different environment and learning to just survive. 
But God stripped, it, stripped me away of language. I wasn't able to just say, hey, this is the story of Jesus and believe in him. Hear scripture and read it to him. I wasn't able, I can't give them a Bible because they don't know how to read it. And they only have the Old Testament or the New Testament to listen to in their own language. And yet when they have questions, I don't have the ability to talk it out with them. And God strips us away again of that. And he says, I work in ways you don't know. Put my hope in you, in me. Put my hope in me, he says. He hears our prayers. And even though we don't understand all the ways he works, we can go to his word and see, see that he says, that he sees all, he knows all, and he forms all the hearts. And we wait and hope for the Lord because he's delivered us from death, and he is in us. And because of him in us, we then get to give that hope to those around us that don't have that hope. He is our help and our shield. He doesn't leave us. In the last verses, it says, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. We don't need to lean on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says that. He makes our path straight, and we put our hope in him. This is a picture of Fanny and me. She's the daughter of Ibrahim, who I spoke about last time we were here, who passed away, and whose mother became my best friend. That's Fanny's grandmother, who passed away as well in February. And um, in our culture, when a husband dies, the woman, the wife, goes into mourning in her hut for 30 days, and then um, she goes back and lives with her parents. So Fanny's um, other set of grandparents actually live in Jemina Buso. So Fanny was moved with her mom to another village that she didn't know. And oftentimes, um, a woman is shamed or looked down upon if she's not married. So eventually, her mother will most likely marry again, and sometimes, not always, but the children of a previous marriage won't be accepted. And so that child will, be, will usually live with the grandparents. So we can pray for Fanny as we think today, too, of Father's Day and, and we think of God's unfailing love and his creation and how he created Fanny. He formed her heart. He sees her. Um, we were on our way to the capital, and we're driving through the village that she had moved to. And um, I had just said to Dave, I wonder if we could find her. There's a section of the village that's for full day. So we were going to drive over to that section. And just a few minutes after I'd said it, Dave looked on the road, and he said, Isn't that Fanny? There's no one else around, just her on the road. And I got out, and we gave hugs. And... Um, she was the girl that led me to her compound years ago when Dave and I first got to Chad. And um, she started to cry. And I really believe that it's Christ in me that allowed her that ability to, to grieve, to grieve her losses. There's something in us. There's Christ in us that people see, not sometimes through our words, 
but sometimes it's through our actions, sometimes it's just through our prayers. Even if it's not in the same language, God hears our prayers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing creation, for the stars and the seas and how you form everything around us because of your love. And not only that, you form our hearts and you want to know us. You want to be in relationship with us. And that's so awesome, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would put your heart for the nations in our heart, that you would mold and shape us to love people the way that you love them. I pray for Fanny that you would show her your love in your ways, that you would speak to her, that you would open her eyes and her ears to the truth, the deliverance, that you have delivered her from death, and you will keep her alive forever. Even right now, amidst suffering and pain and brokenness in this world, you keep us alive, and you nourish us, and you love us. And we have that hope of eternal life. Lord, thank you for that gift. Thank you for the ability to share it. Lord, I pray that you would impress upon us to go outside our gates, to see those that need you. Maybe it's each other that needs a word spoken, a prayer said. You hear us, Lord. Thank you. We pray for Abbas and Abdullah and Asama'u, we pray that you would strengthen their bodies. Lord, we thank you for this group of believers who love you and who love the people of Chad. We pray for this week that you would work, that you would be glorified, that we'd have fun, that we'd experience things of this world that you have created for us to enjoy, but also that we would see the need for others to know you, to have that hope to have that joy that doesn't end ever. We ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen.